Wusa. Everybody say it with me. Wusa. Oh, that was good. That was good. We got a choir here. You heard that? Uh, any baseball fans in the house? Baseball? Anyone baseball? One. Marcus, by default, he's, he's got to be there. Um, I, I'm not really a baseball fan. I, I can't. I think the games are too long. Um, I go to, I'll go to a baseball game with the right group of guys so we can, like, eat, hang out, talk, and then occasionally glance over at the field, right? 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 Okay, okay. Good, good. So, so I'll go. I'll go to, for, the, for the fun, right? But um, it's, it's, a little, it's, a little, it's a little too long for me. Not enough action. There's not enough hitting going involved there. But speaking of hitting, back in the spring of 1894, this was such a big deal that people still talk about it to today. The Baltimore Orioles went to, the, went to, to Boston for a game. Now, Boston, Boston could be one of those teams that people just know they like to fight, right? It was a regular game. But what happened that day was far from regular. And so what happens is the Orioles, John McGraw got into a fight with the Boston third baseman. Within minutes, minutes, all the players from both teams were on the field, and they were all fighting, all fighting. See, I would have liked to be at this baseball game, right? It's like MMA and baseball mixed in together. So they were all fighting, all fighting. It was like all crazy. But then it didn't stop there. And now all of a sudden, you got the fans, and they fighting each other. So maybe I wouldn't want to be in this one, right? So now they're fighting each other, and now you got fans fighting, and you got the baseball players fighting, and it's a big mess. And it's like this huge riot. It doesn't stop there. The fans in Boston, they lit the, they, they, they lit the, the, the bleachers on fire. They burned the stadium down. Yo, that's a fight. They burned the place down. But it didn't stop there. Because the place was on fire, the stadium was on fire, it, it set fire to all the buildings around it. And before you know it, about 107 other buildings in the city were affected by the fire. Firefighters' worst nightmare. A fire going from one building to another building to another building to another building. And this all started because somebody got angry and they got into a fight. If they would have just been like, Wusa, maybe they would have not got there, right? Wusa is not in the Bible. But we're going to talk about some things that are. Amen? The result of anger. Man, you honestly never know what's going to happen when somebody gets really angry. I was in the military long enough to, to see different, different, different character types within my, uh, my unit within the guys that I oversaw. Um, there were some guys that on a weekend you just knew, let me get some rest because in a couple hours the sheriff is going to call me to come pick somebody up from this prison, from the, from the jail. Um, and there are some ones that you're like, I wonder if he's okay, if the world's going to eat him up or not, right? You never know what's going to happen. You know, uh, what's happening in these days is since you never know what's going to happen, people are quick to do this, right? They're quick to do this. 
I don't know what's going to happen, but you know what? I got my phone ready. At least call 911. Hey, and then record if you have to. If it's going to be to help them out, you know, maybe they could use it in court or whatever, right? Not so you can go viral on social media. Before we continue, listen, I just want to, David and Laura, I didn't give you guys a shout out. I wanted to say, is, are you guys, David and Laura, welcome, welcome. Welcome. We hope you feel at home here with us. They were just walking by and like, you know what, let's just check it out. So welcome, welcome. You know, one of the most difficult things in life, and I think we all can agree, there's a lot of difficult things in life, but one of the most difficult things in life is to just let go and let God handle the situation. Let go and let God, right? That's the the phrase, let go and let God. It's so hard to do that. You see, most of us would rather take life's issues we hold on to them. We, let, we get angry by it. We get hold on to it tighter. It bothers us more. And before you know it, it starts brewing. And you got a sancocho of, 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 of anger in your belly, you know, and it's just doing it. And, 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 and then what happens is when you put the lid on it and you try to, what do you guys know when you boil something, you have the lid on it for too long? It starts to, right? And that's what happens with us. If you went to Bible study last Thursday night, let me see. Who went to Bible study last Thursday night? Um, that's a good, that's, a, that's, that's good. That's good. All right. Listen, we, 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 touched on, we touched on being angry. We touched on it, right? And um, as we continue to go through the book of James on Sundays, you know, it just so happens that today we're touching on it too. Um, I don't really believe in coincidences. I don't. I don't. Um, because we, have a, we serve a sovereign God. And because we serve a sovereign God, that means he knows all at all times and is in control of all. And so if Thursday night we kind of touched on a little bit of anger, and then today it just so happens as we're moving along the book of James that we're touching a little bit about anger, it kind of tells me like God's trying to tell us something. I don't know. How many people can say they get angry much in this church? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> um, I was talking to my mom just the other day, and she had mentioned, she was like, you know, the, t- uh, the subject of forgiveness keeps coming up. It keeps coming up in our church. It keeps coming up in our church. It keeps coming up in our church. And so she goes, so just know, just, re- just be reminded that you need to always forgive. I said, okay, thanks, Mom. I said, but, but God's talking to y'all, isn't he? <laughs> she didn't like that comment. I'm sorry, Mom. I was, I was just saying, I was just saying, I mean, like, listen, if God, is te- if God is bringing a word to your church over and over and over again, he's trying to tell somebody something, right? So let's be open, and let's see what God is trying to tell us. Amen? All right. Let's take a look at our scripture this morning. It's found in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 19, uh, verses 19 to 21. Chapter 1, verse 19 to 21, it says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. 
human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humble and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. Mm, mm, mm. All right, the first thing we want to talk about, right? First thing we want to talk about this morning is quick to listen. Some versions say swift to hear. Swift to hear, quick to listen. Um, we hear a lot about how important it is to develop our hearing, right? To develop our hearing is one of like, our listening as one of life skills. You know, you got to learn how to listen. They got listening classes. You can go to a class to learn how to listen, right? Um, in fact, teachers would have us play this game back in the day. Remember that game, Whisper Down the Lane? Where it starts off something like the boy went to the store for a bag of chips, and then by the time it got through the whole class, it ended up like the boy asked for more after breaking his hips. <laughs> right? It don't make sense. But what happens is, as you can see, as it went down, someone didn't listen correctly. And because they didn't listen, they changed some things. And what happens is, and this isn't the direction the message is going, but sometimes if we don't listen properly to the word of God and to his voice of God, then we too change things. And then we end up with all the junk that we're seeing across the world that wants to label itself Christianity. So we just have to be vigilant and be, uh, study the word for ourselves. Amen? And never hesitate to ask a question. I want to tell you guys that from here. Never hesitate to ask a question when something just doesn't seem right. Anyways. I definitely want to confess that I, too, I find it kind of hard to listen. My wife will laugh. She's laughing already. Look at that. She's laughing already. And, and it doesn't come naturally to me. As a matter of fact, if you guys know, I apologize in advance. Sometimes you guys try to talk to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, I'm like keep looking, keep looking. This is important. I have adult ADHD, okay? That's just me. It has nothing to do with what you're telling me, if it's important or not. It has nothing to do with that. It's always important. Just know that sometimes I get like that, okay? Um, and I have to be like, Lord, help me. Help me to look and to listen. Help me to focus. James is saying that we need to be quick to hear and develop the ability to be good listeners, now, I'm not just saying to listen and be like, you know, people listen and are, and are waiting to speak. So you're like, you're talking to someone like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So what I wanted to say is, and like, you didn't listen to anything I just said. You were just like, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. okay. So what I'm trying to tell you is, Kevin accuses me of doing that to him many times. And Kevin, I do hear what you're saying. I do. <laughs> It's, essential, it's, essential, it's an essential skill to listen, and um, it's even more important in the spiritual realm, right? Um, there's two good reasons why listening is essential spiritually. And first, I want to say is because this is how faith comes. This is how faith comes. So if you look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, So faith comes from hearing. That is, hearing the good news about Christ. Hmm. All right. Now, many people believe that faith only comes from God's word. But that's not really necessarily the full story that's being painted here. You see, according to Paul, 
Everybody's eyes just went up. According to Paul, don't change the station, watch. (laughs) Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So in other words, faith comes from our ability to hear what the word of God is saying to us. So yes, it comes from God's word, but it also comes from hearing what God is trying to say to you. So sometimes we can just read the word and study it, but we're not listening for the voice of God. We're checking off, okay, I read this chapter. I read this book. And we, I, I'm, I'm trying to read the Bible in a year. And we go through it really fast, or whatever the case may be. And we're not saying, God, speak to me through your word. Um, this is a, a player I want to plug in here. I know I don't want nobody to get offended. Nobody that's at home, I don't want you to get offended. But we are seeing a high number of Christians, especially in these days. First, it was, it was getting bad, but after COVID, it's, it, it, got, it got ridiculous. You know, uh, I know we had to kind of take precautions. We had to set the, shut down. We had to do what we did to be compliant and to not look rebellious against our city government, right? Right? Um, but we're back. The churches are open again, you know, and it's not a lighthouse problem. It's a body of Christ problem. Because it's not just Lighthouse. It's not just Faith Tabernacle. It's not just, you know, uh, I don't know, all the the churches in the city. But what happens is it's a problem within the body where after COVID, what happened is people went home and got comfortable. You got comfortable being being spoon-fed. You know? Uh, Hey, my daughter loves being spoon-fed. Sometimes that's the only way I can get her to eat. And she'd be like, feed me. I'm like, yo, you are so lazy. You can't even feed yourself? We asked for a blanket. She asked us to get her a blanket while we laying on the couch. Why don't you get a blanket? You younger. And she said, we eat more. What does that mean? (laughs) We eat more, but she's young. Uh, I don't know. Listen, I don't need to go to church. I can just read my Bible at home. And there's a lot of people, I mean, the good thing is now you can watch the service, but before many live streams were available, you heard people saying, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to read. I can read my own Bible. I don't need, go to church. I don't need to go to church. And uh, what this scripture is primarily talking about is the preaching and the teaching of the word. Faith comes by hearing the preaching of the word. Faith comes by hearing the teaching of the word. And some of us, it's not enough just to read the word. We need to read it on our own, and then come and listen to the preaching of the Word and the teaching of the Word so we can get a better understanding, so we can understand how our faith, our faith will continue to grow. Yes. It's important to know the high value that God himself has placed on the preaching of the Word of God. Very important. In 1 Kings, um, okay, the second thing we need to do is uh, spiritually, the second reason why it's important to listen is that it develops the ability to hear spiritually, right? Um, because it's the way God speaks. So we need to listen because faith comes by hearing the word pre- preached and, you know, and, and taught. Um, we, we, secondly, we need to listen because God speaks. He speaks to us. In 1 Kings chapter 19, I won't read the whole thing because we'll get here too long, but powerful story about the prophet of Elijah, right? Um, I just mentioned this on Tuesday night last night, last Tuesday night in prayer. 
So Elijah, we guys, we guys know, long story short, goes up against all the false prophets of Asherah and, and, and Baal, and uh, they have a showdown, you know, two altars. I call fire from my God. You call fire from your God. The true God will send down fire. Elijah's God is the only one. Our God is the only one that sends down fire. So fiercely, it devours the stones. You guys know stones don't burn, right? Well, it disintegrated the stones. Um, at that point, he turns around. And he says, look, I serve the true God. They're all you know, uh, false, pro- you know, false prophets and, and mur- murder them. They all got killed. They all were killed, slaughtered, right? He leaves that, he leaves Mount Carmel like a champ feeling good or supposedly feeling good. Then he hears the message that Je- Queen Jezebel was like, yo, what he do to my peoples? Yo, I'm gonna get him. That's all she had to say. And here this powerful prophet of God is now full of fear and he's on the run. He's on the run. He goes and he, and, and, and he leaves. He's on the run. He flees the scene. Uh, he goes into um, uh, Beersheba. He leaves his servant there. Then he goes out into the wilderness and he sits under a broom tree, right, to die. He wants to die. He wants and his life to end. This guy, yeah, this is drama, right? Yo, this guy wants his life to end. I mean, I mean he just, what did he just do? What did God just do through him? And he wants it to end. And so now at this point... An angel of the Lord appears, it, it wakes him up, it feeds him, it feeds him again, it motivates him like, yo, man, you, you need to eat this because where you need to go, you need energy. And then he gets up and he travels about 40 days into his, his travel. He gets to uh, Mount uh, Horeb, which is the mountain of God, and he finds a cave and he goes in there. Now that he's in this cave, all of a sudden um, he's so depressed, God is speaking. He's like, yo, what are you doing? He's like, man, why don't you leave? get outside? And wait for me. Get up and wait for me, which, by the way, is a teaching there about get up and wait. Get up and leave the cave and wait. Some people want to wait in the cave. We're not there. That's not today. That's not today. All right, so he gets up, right, and he goes in front and he waits. And all of a sudden, as he's standing in front of the cave, there's this huge, huge, great wind. I mean, like some of us had some crazy wind last week, right? The wind, and it said that the wind was so strong that it started breaking the rocks. That's a strong wind because, you know, roofs is one thing. Rocks, like, is another thing, right? It starts breaking the rocks. So Elijah says, yes, God, you are in the wind. And he says, nope, I am not in the wind. God was not in the wind. So after the wind, all of a sudden, there was an earthquake. Shakes the ground. The rocks keep breaking out into the ocean. I mean, it was crazy. He's like, oh, man, God is definitely in this earthquake. And God says, I'm not in the earthquake. Then he says, there was a fire. A great fire, he says, ah, I remember. I remember Moses. He was in the fire burning bush. No, he didn't say that. But he's like, God is definitely in the fire. But God was not in the fire. Suddenly, Elijah heard a still, small voice. And that was God speaking to him. Isn't that amazing? That God, the creator of the heavens, the earth, God, creator of, uh, 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 I mean, of everything, you know, God of, uh, of all knowledge, wisdom, and power, how he can choose to speak in a whisper. I mean, he could go all out, and he could have been in the earthquake. He could have been in the wind. He could have been in the fire, but he chose to whisper. Some of us are chasing the voice of God in the winds, the earthquakes, and the fires. Some of y'all are like, I'm chasing, where are you speaking, God? Wherever the most noise is, that's where God is. And we're chasing it. 
We're chasing it, and God is saying, stay still. I'm trying to speak to you. Listen. Turn down the music a little bit. You know how we turn down the music to park? <laughs> I don't get it, right? I don't get it. We turn down music to park. But turn down the music. If you could turn down the music to park, turn it down and listen to the voice of God. <laughs> turn it down. You know, we, we chase all the big stuff. And that happens in the body of Christ, too. Sometimes we're chasing these big TV evangelists, these, these big, you know, light shows and everything. Like, listen, I, again, I'm not against all that to a certain extent. But um, we have to be careful that we are chasing his voice and not all the stuff around. It's in the trials and the tribulations of our life that we need to learn to listen to that still small voice. The next thing, moving along, the next thing the verse tells us is to be slow to speak. (laughs) When I I read this, the first thing that came to my mind was um, Seinfeld, which was like close talkers. I mean, I don't know why. You, you guys don't know? Okay. That's when the person's standing right here, and you walk up to them like, hey, how you doing? And you're like, whoa, back up. Like, why you get so close? No? Nobody knows like that? Nobody knows the close talker? Okay, thank you. Okay, look it up later. Seinfeld, close talker. Some people are, slow, are close talkers, and some people are slow talkers, which is like Bueller. Bueller, that's another movie. I'm, I'm, you know, okay, okay. So today, class, we are going to, that's a slow talker. But that's not what James is referring to. James is not referring that we are slow to speak that way. Um, please don't speak that way. Get some coffee or something. I don't know, something. James is saying that, because he knows that it's easy for us to, uh, I don't know, some people say pop off at the mouth, right, when things happen. Some of us are quick to be like, real quick to say something. Some of us start to say something before even finish or before something actually happens. You just think it's going to happen, and you say something. (laughs) Uh, We yell, we argue in the response to something. You know, there's an injustice, there's hate, there's anger. But the wisdom being taught here by us today from James is that perhaps you need to take a moment and actually think about what's happening. Take a moment, breathe, think about what's actually happening, and then think about what you're going to say. And then when you think about what you're going to say, if I say this, okay, what are the consequences of this word? What are the consequences of this sentence? If I say this, is this something I can never take back? Take back? Is it something that will be with that person forever? Am I maintaining a good testimony if I were to say this? this is, that's the one I got to hold on to sometimes. Sometimes when you're, in, when you're out there, you're like, no, that wouldn't be good. That wouldn't be good. Aren't you a pastor? At least, I mean, with y'all, it's like, aren't you a Christian? But now with me, aren't you a pastor? I'm just like them. You know, I'm just like you guys. <laughs> you have to remember that James is writing 
to believers. Do you know how important this is, right? This means that everything that we're speaking about, everything that James is writing about applies to you. Meaning that even though we've accepted Christ, even though we are making a decision to move forward, we deal with these things. And this is why James is addressing the church. Because they need to deal with these things and get better at it. Okay? It's not to feel bad or to feel, you know, accused. It's to understand that this happens. Right? Sometimes you wish that life came with a back button. You know, we have a back button on our cell phone. We have the undo button on the computer. You know, we wish life came with it because, you know, sometimes you speak a few careless words, you know, and immediately after you regret it, you're like, man, I wish I could just take it back, rewind, and just undo what you just did. You know, sometimes uh, you get home, woman, didn't I tell you to have my food cooked and ready for that? Undo, undo. Tony, undo some of Tony's. Uh, yo, I, I, Tony, I can only protect you for so long before the women of this church rise up against you. I don't know, Tony. You got to be careful. Undo, back button. Tony just, you know, in all, in all love, Tony, he shares a lot of uh, jokes sometimes. It just so happens that uh, it's a joke at women's expense. Um, the women are going to rise up against him, and I'm going to have to do this at one point. <laughs> um, but the thing is, we wish we had a back button. We wish we could take things back. We wish we could erase some of the things that we've said. And the thing is that the truth is that we can't, we don't have that option. We don't, we, we can't do that in life. The second you say it, it's already said, it's already done. The second you, someone hears it, it can't be like, it, it can't be sucked out of their ear and out of their memory. It's too late. But instead, God has given us his solution. And we're going to read several Proverbs. And first, starting Proverbs 10, 19. And 10.19 says, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Listen, it's saying that when you are talking too much, you're going to say some things that you shouldn't. That's what it's pretty much saying. When you talk too much, when you're just talking too much. Listen, I know some people like to talk, and I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking when, when these things are happening. And you involve yourself in stuff. And you start to talk too much about something. You know, it's going to be an issue. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Proverbs 13, 3 says, Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Okay? Let's, let's go to another one. Proverbs 17, 28 even fools are thought to be wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they may, they seem intelligent. Do you, did you guys get this? I mean, you could be a fool. No one here is a fool. But you could be a fool and stay quiet. And no one will ever know that you are a fool. They might even think you're smart. So if you think you're not smart, um, just stay quiet. 
and nobody would ever know. Just playing. But it, hey, <clears throat> that's what the Bible says, not me. Um, Proverbs 29, 20. Do you see a man, do you see a man hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. And if you guys read the book of Proverbs, you know that like it comes at fools like hard, right? And so what happens is there's more hope for a fool than a hasty man. Speaking of hasty man, right? Um, uh, there was a hasty man in the Bible and he paid for his hasty words with his life. In 1 Samuel, we read of the death of King Saul. And so you guys know that King Saul and, and Jonathan and, and, and they were at war with the Philistines and all of a sudden the Israelites are being defeated. They're, they're closing in on Saul. Jonathan's dead. And Saul says to his armor bearer, like, kill me. I'd rather you kill me than me get captured by the Philistines. Armor bearer's like, you crazy. That's, that's, that's a setup. That's a setup. I kill you. That means I killed the king. Oh, no, that's a setup. And he says, no, I won't do it. And so what happens is King Saul takes his own sword and he puts it on the ground, pointing up. And the way they, you know, in the battlefield, they would, he, he killed himself. He fell on his sword. So his body weight fell on the sword and went through him and he kills himself. That's how King Saul died. If you didn't know, now you know. However, however, uh, if you fast forward to 2 Samuel, the story kind of continues, right? And there was a man that escaped that battle, and he finds his way to David. Now, many people know that, king, that David is in line to be king. People know that. And so he runs to David. He's like, yo, uh, I don't know if you heard. But King Saul is dead. So is Jonathan. And David was like, what you talking about? How you know this? He was like, because I killed Saul. He said, what? I killed Saul. Now, um, he says, uh, well, well, show me proof. And he shows him the crown and he shows him Saul's bracelet. And he shows him proof at this moment. I don't know if the guy thought that King, you know, David, who was going to be king, was going to be like, oh, you my homie now. I got you coming to the palace. I'm going to give you your own suite, your own little, you know. Maybe he thought he was going to get in, but he was hasty with his words. He really didn't think it through. And, he, and even though it doesn't happen right away because some other things happen, if you read the, score, you know, the story, some other things continue to happen. But shortly after that next thing happens, David has that man executed. He didn't think through his words. David didn't react happy when he found out of the deaths. He actually cried. He actually mourned for them. Which, if you study the life of David, it, it helps you to understand the character of David. It helps you understand who he was. He was so hasty in his words that he didn't, he just, I mean, you're just thinking like, he just saw bling. He saw, like, palace. He saw king. He's like, I got to get in. Let me just say I killed him. Let me just say I did it. He was hasty. He should have put more thought into what he said. We need to be slow to speak. Usah. Slow to speak and slow to not, slow to speak about others, right? Or let's just say not speak about others. James 4.11 says, brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or a sister 
or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but you are sitting in judgment of it. So, um, it's just safe to say, listen, we all got issues. We all got problems. We all got character defects. Some more than others. But you know what? Just let it be. Let it be. And the best thing you can do for one another is pray for your brother and your sister. Pray for your brother and your sister. The next thing he says is slow to anger, slow to wrath. There's a major problem with anger in our society today. Major problem. We live in an anger-driven society, right? Because of anger, then things change. You got to be angry and then something happens. You got to be angry. Like, it's anger. We got road rage, roid rage for steroid users. You got like all the, the <laughs> violence, all the violence, you know, the domestic abuse. There's so much rage. There's so much wrath. There's so much anger. The problem is that when you experience anger, Whatever you say and do at the moment seem rational. When you're angry, you say and do anything, and at that moment, it's okay to say that. At that moment, it's okay to do whatever you do because you're angry, and it makes sense. In your anger, it makes sense. But the reality is that it really is very irrational to react that way, to say that thing. You ever, been, you ever argue with somebody, been arguing, you got really angry, you say a bunch of stuff, right? And then afterwards, you calm down. I'm like, why did I even say that? What did that have to even do with, I don't know, the parking spots? <laughs> what the, I mean, I don't get it. You go back because now that you're calm and you're able to think rationally, you're starting to see how irrational were some of the things that you said. Anger interferes with our ability to think rationally. It does. Yo, people do the worst things in anger. People will murder somebody because of anger. You ever watch the first 48, Snapped, um, Bad Blood? I go down the list. Camille watches them all. <laughs> we watch them together. We watch them together. But in almost every case, there was, an, there was an argument. There was, some, there was somebody going for revenge. There was somebody who got upset, snapped. Yo, that, yo they got some crazy story in that one. I mean, it's like some, you only take but so much before like, you blow up. And then out of anger, you do some of the craziest and the worst things. Just imagine how many people, while angry, have done and said things, made decisions in their lives that, that would affect the entire course of their lives. If you look at verse 20, verse 20 says back to our initial text, it says, so get rid, uh, so human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Husa. The anger of man never achieves what God wants, like an angry man will never get to achieve what God wants to do in his life. The anger hinders what God wants to do. 
what God desires to see you do. What, he, what, he, what he's trying to, to do in you, anger holds it back. You know, um, that's why there's so many verses about it. Um, another reason why you know, he's telling us to be slow to get angry not only does he tell us to be slow to angry because anger keeps us from, um, from seeing what he wants to do in our lives, but being slow to anger also reflects the nature of God. Do we not serve a God that is slow to anger? Because I know many of us have messed up plenty of times, and God was like, my grace, my mer- mercy. Love, love, grace. I did it again, God. Please don't do it again. You know, my, I wrote this in the, in the word. I wrote this. I wrote, just read this a little more. Get together. Congregate with your brothers and sisters. Because that helps too. Because then there's accountability within your brothers and sisters. There's support amongst your brothers and sisters. You know, again, I'm sorry. Listen, I, I don't even have it in my notes. So you know it's not, it's not that I meant to say this. But it's bothering me. And I'm, I'm trying to pray like, God, is it for me? It's not for me because I'm here every Sunday. Um, I, I love you guys that are watching. I love you guys that are here. But I, I feel that, I feel that um, you know, as, as much as we preach the balanced gospel, I want you guys to know this, that the times that we are living in now are not times of persecution. Not yet. I want you to know this. I'm going to tell you why. Because you guys are here right now, right? And when you walk out of this door, you won't be killed. You are watching on TV, online, and the, and the government hasn't hacked a way to block it, right? And so we're not being persecuted. We can still preach the word of God. But things are happening now that are hindering the body of Christ. And it, and it, and it concerns me because what happens when true persecution comes? And so uh, this, this, is what, this is what I'm trying to say. And, and, I'm, I, 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 and, and, so, and so, yes... There's COVID, and there's sicknesses, and there's violence in the streets, and there's all things that happen, and there's no parking. I get it. But what happens is this. If we allow all those things to keep us from coming together, then how will you handle persecution? Like, you have the freedom to do this now. You have the freedom to get together with one another now. And the risk of something possibly happening is keeping you back. So what happens when the guarantee of death happens? Like, like, like this is a risk of maybe a gunshot, a risk of maybe not finding parking, a risk of, yes, COVID-19, a risk, a risk, a risk. But what happens when the guarantee of death is at your door the second you worship God, the second you give your, you, you tell him, like, I'm not going to bow. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and I know, I know, listen, please, I'm not thinking of one person, I'm not thinking, don't, don't get offended at all. This is for the entire body, I mean, for all the churches, for everyone who's, who's having difficulty staying committed, faithful, loyal, 
and, and going above and beyond to get together to do this. We got to do this. Yo, it's so convenient to have it on the phone and on TV, and there's times that it comes in handy. You go on vacation, you can still be at church. You're in a hospital, you can still be at church. You're at work, you can still be at church. But if you can walk to the store, if you can go to work, if you can go to the, to, to the bowling alley, if you can go to Great Adventures, if you can go to Puerto Rico, if you can go to all those places, then on Sunday mornings you need to be here. Do you understand? <clears throat> All right, I'm sorry. That was a Reverend Diaz moment. That's my dad's moment. Where's Elvin? He wanted me to be more, he wanted me to be more like my dad. Okay, Elvin, when you see this, that was for you. Oh, Jesus. Psalms 103 verse 8 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He's slow. This is his character. It's his nature to be slow to anger. And so what happens is, how do we deal with our anger? I wish I could just say, you could just say wusa. And it, it, it sounds funny, right? And I entitled the sermon wusa, but that's not how we deal with our anger. That's not how we get to the bottom of it. And what happens is there's, there's a couple things we need so we can get to the bottom of our anger. It's understanding. And we need to pray for it. Proverbs 14, 29 says, people with understanding control their anger. Proverbs 14, 29. It says, um, people with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. We need to pray for understanding. Lord, help me understand. Help me, why underst- help me understand why Ruby is like that. Help me understand. I can't take it anymore, Nana. Help me see her the way that you see her. Help me, help me see him the way you see him. Help me feel what you feel when you look at this person. Guys, that, that, that helps me so much. I'm human too. And, and there are times that I can get upset. There are times that, you know, people rub the wrong way, things like that. And I'm going to tell you right now, it, it really does help to take a moment and say, Lord, help me understand. What are you seeing when you see this person? Because what I'm seeing is a disrespectful, ignorant, rebellious. But after speaking with God, he says, well, I see someone that has been damaged, that is hurt, that has been abandoned, rejected. And so what happens is if you understand that, then you understand their reaction. You understand why they talk the way they do. You understand why they act the way they do. There's an understanding of a situation. Pray for understanding, especially for the people close to you. Lord, help me understand the people closest to me, my husband, my wife, my sisters, my parents. Help me understand because you know what? Those are the ones that quickly get under your skin, right? Because our family, yo, some of us got some drama in family. And the thing is this, the thing is this, that, that, that you know, we, it gets quickly under our skin because we're more vulnerable to our family than to a stranger. Our walls are higher up with strangers than with family because we think we can have relationships. We think we can have things with our family. And what happens is it, it, it kind of it hurts us. You know, the sad truth is that we have a tendency to hurt the people closest to us more than anyone else. And a lot of time it's due to anger. If we grow in our understanding, we will, feel, we will be better equipped. 
for control of our anger. So the second thing to help with our anger is faith. Um, do you get angry when you hear the news that's happening in the world today? You know, the uh, political, uh, corrupt politicians, um, uh, the unjust uh, the, the unjust uh, police treatment for innocent people, the way the police have treated some people, um, you know, just the things that are going on, the decisions politically in our country against the world. We get angry. Ugh, I wouldn't have made that decision. I wouldn't have done that. I would have done this. Oh, that's going to mess up. Oh, that's going to. They're trying to make us force this, force vaccine, not take the vaccine, take the vaccine. We can get so upset about things. <sighs> The list can go on. It's easy to let those things build up in you. Before you know it, you're so angry, and you become this angry person. We know people like that. Like you could be happy, and you, and you go around them, and they're just like, well, I don't, know, I don't know why you're so happy. Why are you so happy? They're going to they're force us all to take the shots. Why are you so happy? They're going to make, you know, we have to do this. Listen, um, okay, from the pulpit, you want to take the vaccine? Take the vaccine. If you don't, don't. If you do take it, don't shame someone that has. And if you don't take it, don't shame someone that does. Do you understand? It, stop. Leave it at that. We're not going to force people to do one or the other. We're not going to shame people because one or the other. We pray. We leave it in God's hands. Yeah. Psalms 37, 1 to 4 says, do not fret. Do not fret. Do not fret. I heard Miguel said this earlier. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. The word fret means to not burn with anger. God says don't do it. Don't do it. It doesn't concern you what people are getting away with. It doesn't concern you what they're doing over there, what they're doing here. Now, people will argue with this, right? And, I'm, and I, want, I want you to understand this. Ultimately, they won't get away with it because in the Word says there will be a day of reckoning. There will be a day of reckoning. So all the injustice that is happening in our country, all the injustice that is happening around the world, the word doesn't tell you to build picket signs and, be, and, 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 and give your life to that. There are times we, need to, we, we still stand up for injustice. We still say what's wrong is wrong, what's right is right. We have a responsibility to do that. But understand this. The Bible says don't fret. Don't get angry. Don't let it sit in you. Don't, don't, let, it, don't let it affect the way you live. Because one day, there will be a day of reckoning for all those people. But you won't understand that concept unless you have the eyes of faith to see it through. Some people are listening to this. I'm like, no, you're still wrong. You're still wrong. Because you're not understanding through faith. Faith is that God is telling you, I, I want to deal with you. I want to work with you. Don't focus on that. I want to work on you. And just trust me, my child. They'll get theirs when it's time. We can only look at that and understand it through the eyes of faith. In, in closing, we understand the word 
today, God was reminding us to be quick to listen, be slow to speak, to be slow to get angry. And we know that when we allow anger to control us, we don't produce the righteousness that God desires within our lives. Verse 21 wraps up this point, and it says, verse 21 says, um, so get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives, and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. God is telling us, God is telling us, what I need from you, what I need from you is don't be angry. Don't be so quick to speak. Don't, you know, I, I, need, you, I, need, you, I need you not to, to, to fall onto this. And then 20, verse 21 kind of tells us how to follow through with this. So he tells us, okay, um, slow to speak, you know, slow to, uh, quick to listen, you know, don't, you know, slow to get angry. He says anger, it does, you know, I don't get to do what I want to do in your life because of anger. And he says, okay, now let me, let, me, let me help you get there. Let me help you understand what things you might have to do so that you won't be so angry, so that you'll be slower to, to speak and quicker to listen. Let me, let, me, let me tell you what you can do. In verse 21, he says, what I want you to do is I want you to start to get rid of all the filth and evil. All the junk in your life. Start getting rid of all the filth and all the evil and humbly accept. Why does he say humbly accept? Humbly accept the word that God has planted in your heart. Humbly accept the word that God has. To, I would only have to humbly accept the word of God in my life if I didn't deserve it. Does that make sense to you? Like, that, he's giving me something amazing. He's pouring into me something that I don't deserve. He's giving me opportunities that I shouldn't have. And he's saying, humbly accept it, what I'm doing for you. Humbly accept the words I'm putting in your heart. And he says, if you can accept what I'm trying to do in your life, if you can accept my word, it has the power to save souls. Not only yours, but those around you. Can you understand that when you get angry, it's not a one person that gets affected. There's two people involved, or three or four, or more. The way we respond in our anger, if we respond in according to the, to the word of God, do you know, yes, it has the power to save souls? How is that? Well, they turn around and be like, yo, why are you not getting angry about this? Or why are you not, well, you know what, it's just, it's just my faith and I have faith in God and I'm trusting that he's going to handle it and this and that. And like, wow, really? I need something like that in my life because I usually get angry. I usually do this. I usually do that. But I see how you've been able to maintain yourself. And, and even though you get a little angry, you, just, you trust in this what? what in this God? This Jesus? Yeah, let me tell you about this guy named Jesus. And let me tell you what he did for me, what he did for you. It has the power to save souls. Some of us say, I'm a good person. I don't do things wrong. And yet a good person 
<laughs> with or without Christ, is still a sinner. A good person with or, without, with or without Christ will still make some bad mistakes. And so, like Paul reminds us, we have to renew our mind daily. It's a daily decision to go before God and say, Lord, today, use me, forgive me, cleanse me, wipe me clean. Like, you know, like just, just give me a fresh start every day. Every day. Every day. It's like the whiteboard at, at school or something. You use it, but every day you wipe it clean and you start over again. You wipe it clean and you start over again. That's, what, that's how our walk with God should be. Every morning, every night, it should be like, Lord, what I did through today, what I went through today, what I'm going to go through today. I mean, it's like, cleanse me, forgive me, use me, guide me. Could we stand this morning? There's a question that says, have you humbly accepted the word? that God has placed in your heart. Some of us have heard, we were, grew up and we grew up in a time where our grandmothers, our mothers, our parents, they would take us to church, they, right? They would force us to church, they'd pull us, you're coming with us today. And we all grew up, many of us, hearing about the gospel, hearing about this Jesus. We grew up and we kind of walked away, we did our own thing and before you know it, we found that we were so far and distant from God. I might do this tomorrow. I might do this next week. Your decision to surrender to his word today, your decision to surrender to his direction today, your decision to just say, I'm done with my own problems. Because sometimes our own problems, we hold on to them as, as a crutch. We hold on to them as, as, as something that, well, I can't, I can't because of this. I can't because of that. And God is saying, no, I know, I, I know you can't because of that. But you know, I, 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 could, I could take that from you. He's standing here like, you know, you, know you, you, could, you could give that to me. As we pray today, the altar is open and, and we want to pray with you first moments, if you haven't had an opportunity to accept Christ into your heart, today can be that day. Do you understand that Christ died on the cross for us even though we were sinners? He didn't have to do that, but he did it because he loved us so much. Why accept Christ? Why receive him into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior? Because he made the ultimate sacrifice for you that no one else could ever do. No one else could ever do what Christ did on the cross for you. No one else can love you the amount, with the amount of love that Christ loves you. No one else can take away the pain and the hurt and all the consequences of our own past decisions. No one can take them away but him. Father God, we come before you. Lord, as we pray, Lord, we, we stand here today, and Lord, and, and, and this prayer team comes up, Lord God, we, we pray that you continue to stir the hearts of those that are seated here today. Lord, there are some of us here that are truly struggling. Lord, we're struggling with being slow to speak. We're, we're struggling with actually listening to your voice. 
we, we really can't hear it or, or, or we're running on to the wrong places, Lord. Some of us are battling with anger, Lord. We are so angry. We are so angry all the time. And Lord, because of this anger, we are holding back the righteousness within us that you want to see. Father, right now, look at those standing here, Lord. Those that are struggling with these things. Those that are struggling, Lord, every day to stand boldly for you. Struggling every day being a good testimony. Lord, look at those that yet haven't made a decision to accept you. Today can be that glorious day. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.